Hey, my people, welcome to the Texture Lounge. This is Solo Sode 2 of Season 3, and of course, I am your host, as always, Tumi Shoyinka. I hope you're all coping well during this COVID-19 season. Um, my thoughts and concerns to all of you out there who are affected one way or another. We will get through this together. I think this is a good opportunity for us to plug into our communities, stay close to our friends and our families, learn something new, share relevant information. And I'm hoping to do the same in today's solo sode through my seven steps playbook on how to work from home effectively okay because we all have to do it right now some of us have been working from home for ages some of us haven't um, but I hope that this will be a useful tool for you as always guys I lean on you to share your feedback about the episodes so make sure you review and rate and send me comments I love to read them I love to see them that's how I know that you're plugged in And of course, if you know anyone that's struggling working from home right now, please share this episode with them. A recent study shows that on average, remote workers are more productive and work 1.4 more days every month or 16.8 more days every year than those who work in an office. Next up, we know that 50% of remote workers plan to be their own boss one day. So for those of you who've been thinking about it and your excuse has always been, I don't have the time, now could be a good time during quarantine season to start to plan your strategy, start to make the contacts and put the feelers out there. And then the last stat here is that remote workers save an average of 408 hours or 17 days a year from not having to commute to and from the office. That last one is pretty huge. That's an incredible stat right there. So basically what that is saying very clearly is that by working from home and not commuting in and out of the office, we're actually sa- we're actually saving 17 days a year. That's huge. All of these um, stats are sourced from Airtasker, uh, March 31st, 2020. They are linked to the blog post on thetexturelounge.com. So you can go back in and take a look at the information from there. Working from home is no new thing for me. In fact, it was something I had to fight for in my current job when my then boyfriend, now husband, And I decided it was time for us to build out the next chapter of our lives in Oakland, California, where he lives. And I know it was a hard ask. I knew it. So much so that I expected a firm no from my employer. You see, I work in marketing and marketing is the heart of a brand's business. And it's generally expected that we are seen and heard, you know, day in, day out. So with me being head of marketing and leading my team from afar, as my team is based in New York, Granting my request would have been incredibly untraditional for a corporate company that is rooted in tradition, like my employer is. The process took about 10 months, and that's from me asking for the move, maintaining my role and my position, to getting the yes. That all took about 10 months. And I will say it would not have been possible without my boss advocating for me the way that she did. 
she was absolutely integral to getting the key stakeholders on board when I was not in the room and those conversations were being had without me. You know, I have to say that this is also a really good example where one's work ethic precedes them. You know, I have always been very resilient, a hard worker, and I pride myself in making arduous deadlines. Now, with 10 years of tenure, with my track record, there really wasn't a reason for my employer not to trust the future of my work ethic because it was already solid and that spoke for me. So now, eight months later, I'm in Oakland um, or I've been in Oakland for the last eight months and we are in the thick of the COVID-19 quarantine. This took off so quickly. If you had asked me three weeks ago, if I could imagine we would be where we are today, I would have thought you were crazy, honestly. So most of us are working from home. And as someone who is a loud advocate for working remotely, when we finally come out on the other side of this, I cannot wait to see how a company's employers update their remote working policies, you know, to, to allow for it more broadly. Corporates are going to be forced to slacken their grip and reevaluate their traditional mindsets and catch up with the young indie brands or startups who've been early adopters of this approach uh, for quite a while now. The reality is, employees are actually leaving their current jobs for roles that allow them this flexibility, even if it means accepting a lower salary. However, I do appreciate that working remotely is new and can be challenging or can be a challenging concept to some. A lot of you have only had a very small window of time to prepare for this new norm. So here I am sharing with you my playbook of my seven best practices that work for me. I won't for a minute pretend that these tips will solve all of your concerns or that they will work for everybody but I hope that they at least set you up in the right direction in finding out what works best for your situation. All right, number one, set up your space. You may not be commuting into the office right now, but for this to work, you will need a routine and a dedicated physical space to work from. Set your alarm for the same time each working day, just as you might do normally when going into the office. I set mine to go off an hour before I have to start work. So that means I am up at 5 a.m. Uh, ready and positioned in my home office for a 6 a.m. start since my team begins their working day at 9 a.m. in New York City. I do have a home office slash second bedroom. So this is where the work magic happens. And during this quarantine season, my husband is also working from home with me and uh, he takes the dining room. That's his unofficial workspace. But since our home office is, is a lot warmer in temperature, I recently suggested that we swap locations at lunchtime because it was important to me that we make this temporary situation comfortable for the both of us. You know, it is very easy for tensions to surge during this time. You're on top of each other 24-7, day in, day out. So level out the playing field and be fair during this time, at least. <laughs> and talking about room temperature, aim for a balance. Too warm, and that might send you to sleep. I know it kind of does that for me. And too cold, that might make you feel a bit more unfocused, distracted, and therefore productive. So you want to make sure you've got a good balance. 
uh, a tip that I have for you if you can, if you've been able to, if you're able to order one online and have it delivered to you, get an adjustable standing desk. There is plenty of research online out there that speaks to the health benefits of standing more. Um, So I would do the research. I'm no doctor, you know, don't take my word for it only. Go read the research, see if it works for you. Some people have back issues. Uh, This may or may not um, do well for you. So do the research. I definitely enjoy taking calls or short meetings while standing. It brings a little bit more varied activity to my working day. Two, set the mood. So for those of you who know me, you know that I am a mood kind of lady, very sensual in that in that way. So think lighting, fragrance, an inspiring visual connection. I like to set a scene. An example of what this looks like for me is having my vision board in sight to remind me of how I want to show up each day. I also have one framed photo on my desk of the exact location my husband proposed to me in Vinales in Cuba last year. Now imagine a peaceful country, green meadow, blue sky, mountains, utter bliss. Who wouldn't want to see a a visual like that uh, every so often, right? So my, my my little thing here is that whenever I feel stressed or if I have just ended a frustrating conference call, for example, just connecting with this visual reference for a short time redirects my energy more positively and very quickly gets me back into my productive zone. Okay, so I know it might sound strange, but fragrance is big for me. And I I do think, at least for me, fragrance helps me set the scene a bit more um, holistically for me while I work. It really helps kind of round out the the sensual uh, nature that I need in order for me to be productive. So in a previous piece I wrote on the Texture Lounge, um, I believe it was a post called it was all about my the, the tradition of the morning routine. So the things that you do in the morning before you start work and how that helps set you up for your day. It is linked in the transcript of this episode on thetexturelounge.com. So you can go there and read it. But in that post, I did mention my discovery and use of Paolo Santo each morning, especially when my work calls for me to put on my creative cape. Who knew a fragrant piece of wood could do so much? Well, it has very quickly become my go-to ritual for when I want to achieve relaxation and focus. Plus, it smells divine, and now my mother is all over it too. (laughs) Anyone who knows me personally knows that my DNA is composed of all things music. I have a music background, my um, first degree was in music technology because I was uh, songwriting and producing and my master's degree was in music business management. I am classically trained on the piano. I am on I am an unpublished songwriter. I could go on. But yes, anyone who knows me knows I'm all about music. However, while working, music is only a maybe for me. It has to be without lyrics or an instrumental to keep me in the zone. I find that lyrics can be a little bit um, overly distracting for me. 
So I do have a yoga meditation style playlist on Spotify that I found that does the job well for me. Again, I have linked to that specific playlist in the written transcript of this episode on the texturelounge.com. So do feel free to go take a listen. I do also rate Brain FM. Now, Brain FM is a scientific first approach in creating functional music that helps to improve focus within a short time. It's really super interesting. Didn't think that it would do very much for me, but it really helps you zone in. Um, It is subscription based, so there is a fee to it, but definitely worth it in my opinion. And no, this is not an ad. (laughs) Number three, check your tech. So if working from home or working from anywhere is, is new to you and your team, you have to show yourself to be as reachable as you were before when you were in the office. So my advice here is very simply get with your IT department ahead of time and make sure you have seamless access to all of the files and systems that you would usually access in the office. Your audio connection has to be strong. Listen, nobody wants to hear you cutting in and out of conference calls every day. So make sure you are set up for success. If you do have poor data reception at home, opt for Wi-Fi calls if your Wi-Fi is strong. So two systems that I have been using with my team are Microsoft Teams and Zoom. They are both great applications for video and audio conferencing. And they allow for you to interact with your participants through chat and screen sharing functionalities, a lot more as well. Now, if you are using these for the first time, make sure to set up test runs with your colleagues before that big meeting <laughs> so you can be in a better position to navigate through all the inevitable techn- technical problems that might arise. They always do and they still will during this time. So best get your test runs in. I find that these digital meeting platforms are great collaborative alternatives to in-person meetings. Wherever you can, opt for video calls. Show your face. Um, Although it's not a direct replacement for face-to-face meetings, video is for sure the closest you will get to reading body language and seeing the facial reactions of of your colleagues or meeting attendees, which can be key indicators for gauging how your virtual audience is engaging with your content. Four, exercise. I can't tell you how important it is to plan your workout breaks into your day. Uh, It's very easy during this time to get lazy, sit on the couch, not work out, but you've got to. So uh, obviously during this moment of quarantine, all the gyms are closed. And even if mine was open, the fact that my workday begins at 6 a.m. prevents me from knocking out a workout earlier. So I plan two to three, 15 to 20 minute sessions in between my meetings and actually plug them into my Outlook calendar. If this is what you need to keep your productivity levels up, don't shy away from committing to this time for yourself. Just let your team know. My tip here is um, you've got to set yourself up with a few fitness basics so that you can work out at home effectively. Resistant bands are great. They take up minimal space, come in various levels of resistance, and there are an insurmountable amount of workouts you can do with them. 
um, targeting a variety of different uh, body types. Now, Kayende Andorin, who is also known as Power in Movement on Instagram, she has some great workouts on her page. So um, one little sneak peek, I guess, for you guys is you can expect a podcast episode with her very soon. We'll be talking about how important it is to um, work out, especially during this quarantine mode, how to do it um, and what it does for our mental health. So open up some windows, get the air flowing and get lifting. Five, build in a state change. No one wants to sit in the same chair in the same room for eight hours a day straight. You have to move around, take in a change of scenery. Now, if you're lucky enough to have a balcony or outdoor space, use it. Just make sure you still have strong Wi-Fi or data signals so you are still accessible to your team. If it is almost the end of the day and I am having difficulty nailing some presentation slides or writing a creative brief or ad copy, for example, I make it a point to take this one task outside and power through to completion. Sometimes the fresh air or change of state is the nudge our brains need to push through those hard tasks on our to-do list. Now, if you don't have an outdoor space, you don't have a balcony, terrace, whatever, how about just moving to another part of your apartment, whether it's from your bedroom to the living room? What I will say is try to avoid the bedroom where possible, uh, especially those of you who are tempted to, you know, take a little lay down and end up napping. You don't want to be encouraging that during your working day because you could miss some very important meetings. Six, tag team with a significant other. Tag teaming lunch and dinner prep with your significant other, housemates, kids, etc. can be efficient and save you wasting time figuring out what's for lunch and who's cleaning up. Have the discussion the day prior. Better yet, agree to prepare and clean up together. I don't know about you, but for me, a clean sink is definitely a clear mind. I can't think when I know that there are dishes still waiting to be washed in the sink. I would take the time to have lunch together. And yes, without the TV. Honestly, I can't take credit for that. That's my husband's idea, not mine. But I'm on board with it. We've been without TV now for um, about a week. I think we've watched one episode of a tv show in the last seven days and um it's actually been really productive we've been actually we've been able to sit down and talk more and uh, make plans together a little bit more efficiently so here's a good opportunity for you to use this time to check in on each other's day make plans for the evening disconnect from work and focus on each other over your meal Like when was the last time you had a conversation with your significant other, friends, housemates without the distraction of technology? It's a great time to change that practice and build that bond. So you'll notice that there's been no talk of TV uh, during this playbook so far until now. And that's deliberate. Like TV is a no go during the the working day um, or during working hours, it's a distractor and it can lead you down a rabbit hole. You wouldn't watch TV in the workplace. So I would not recommend it at home or when you're working from home either. 
The last step in this playbook, number seven, prioritize and shut down. So it's been said many a time, but the value of a to-do list is crucial, especially for those of us multitaskers whose minds tend to jump from task to task, leaving the original item we were working on unfinished because our minds were distracted by, I don't know, incoming emails and requests, etc. Keep a list of your hot action items in a notebook or a digital note-taking platform. I recently migrated from a physical notebook to Microsoft OneNote. That was a challenge for me because, guilty pleasure, I am a collector of notebooks. I have many used and unused ones. I love turning the pages, taking my pen, striking off items from my lists. However, the ability to note take on the go with my iPhone through the Microsoft OneNote app while my changes update on my laptop version, that won me over. Commit to a hard stop. This is one challenge that I am working on, if I'm honest. It is very easy, or at least I find that it's very easy to work longer hours while working from home, as the data I mentioned earlier on implies You're comfortable, you're already in your own environment and you don't have to worry about catching your train back home. But in order to have a good sense of work-life balance, this will be essential for your mental health. So there you have it, my seven-step playbook on how to work from home efficiently. By getting the balance of these things and other practices right, there's no reason why employees cannot be empowered to be the most productive, highest versions of themselves while still being accessible and highly communicable while working from home or working from anywhere. I, for one, truly hope that employers will see that out of sight does not always mean out of mind. Working from home, from anywhere, will never be for everyone. But for those of us who are more productive working this way, this level of flexibility has to be a conversation. I believe that if employers aren't offering a suitable version of work from home policies, they need to start considering it. The conversation should be had. It should be an open, judge-free discussion point between the employees and their managers in HR and should at least be discussed from a viewpoint of piloting. Like if you're not doing it right now and if a company, if an employer finds it tricky to believe that it can be done, well, at least now during this time of quarantine, they have no choice. We're doing it. We have to do it. So what happens when we all get back to the office? Do we forget that working from home was a thing and that actually a lot more people felt more productive working this way? How are these policies going to be updated to ensure that those who work productively in this manner get the support that they need to do so? I would love to hear what you have to say about this. If you are someone who is working from home for the first time and you've heard these tips and you've adopted any of them, let me know how they're working or not working for you. And for those of you who've been working from home all this time um, or for longer than, you know, COVID-19 has been in existence, I'd love to know if anything has changed for you. 
So people, leave a comment, review and rate this episode on whichever platform you're listening to this through, whether it's Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher, any of the platforms. That's how I know that you're listening. That's how I know that you are enjoying these episodes. Until the next one, talk soon.